I will say that I turned down my thing. Work. Turned down my my level. <laughs> I'm learning how to do this. <laughs> I love it. I love you. Getting I love your in. show. Um, I love this show. <laughs> this is a good. You know this, this show, show. We do. This is a good show. This is a hey. <laughs> to all of our listeners, <laughs> you should check out. The We Love Please That podcast. Turn it off. Shut we it never down. promote We Love That on this show. You're right. We're never like, like, subscribe, whatever. But also, like, what would you like? I guess the Instagram, now that we have one no. of those. Oh, yeah. Follow us on Instagram. Work. Very that. As well as um, leave us a review. Rate. Love Ooh, can you do that in Spotify? Yeah. Do you, are there know. rates and reviews in Spotify? Look, I don't know. I will I have to say, Tommy, cut this out, but I will have to say that I don't use Spotify for podcasts. You're kidding. <laughs> All of the <laughs> shit you have given me for years about, oh, Spotify, Spotify, Spotify supremacy over here. Look, and then you're going to reveal you don't even listen to, to podcasts on well, Spotify. Where do you listen were... to them? Apple Podcasts. Because Apple is superior to Spotify. Own up to it. Just own up to it. Tommy, Say it now. Tommy, Let I it trust be you will do what is right and good for all of us. Let here. it be re- no. Cut Tommy, this out, Tommy. Keep this in. Keep keep all this in. Thomas. <laughs> keep all this in. Don't make me have to talk to your mother, Tommy. Uh, not Mother Tommy. <laughs> mother Tamisa. <laughs> I love Tommy. You can cut Tamisa. that one out. <laughs> It's Kenyon. And it's Jerome, because this is We Love That. <laughs> and if you were looking for We Love That, you've made the right decision. But, honey, don't make too many. <laughs> that fatigue, you know? Today's a good day. Been outside good. already? Girl, it's about to be outside season. <laughs> it is about to be outside season. It's outside, First outside. Of all, Joseph, Joseph Robinette, don't know if you've heard of him, uh, said the vaccines are coming for us. Wow. You know that Sia song, Santa's coming for us? Not Sia. Yeah, not Sia the finished. <laughs> Actually had to take her out of my everything. We've never, can we dive right into talking about <laughs> Not that I really want to talk about it. Is that really the moment for the world? Well, we'll start. Let's just get into the moment for the world. (laughs) I'm just very disappointed. You know, I've loved Sia for years and years, and she just is not, mm, girl. And it's just not even a mistake. It's like you did this, and you didn't listen to all these people. Right. It's like, I just will never understand the like, hey, you didn't consider this thing when you made, and like the the generosity of grace that people offer, right? In terms of like, hey, 
just like you have contributed to, you know, a generations, eons, uh, systems of oppression. And we want to let you know. And the idea of hearing that and being like, actually, I'm going to double down and say, fuck you on that one. Right. It's like, why would, why? Why, why not just be that? like, oops, sorry, let me stop talking. <laughs> like, let me be quiet and take a step back. <laughs> I just don't get it. So it's sad to see that from Miss Sia. For, me, for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, we're talking about Sia's 2021 film, mm. Music. Music, uh, it's called. Which, ever heard of it? <laughs> <laughs> Literally, no. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. And the, it has a 3.1 out of 10 on IMDb. What's I, shocking is that then she had the nerve to be making all this hubbub and then the movie's horrible. <laughs> It's like you. She said, spent so much time saying, "Oh well, at least give it a shot. At least see it." And then people saw it. It's like this is violence. First we're of like, all, absolutely not. And it is unartful violence. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is about. Matt, it's about Maddie Ziegler a, is in it. Go for it. And yeah. she is supposed to be playing someone who has autism, but. And is not saying even saying those words feels terrible <laughs> because the autistic community is like, that's not us. Like, that is not, this is not a good portrayal. Why didn't you cast someone who this is actually part of their experience? And yeah, the ways that I don't know, the ways that autism is dealt with in the movie perpetuate some dangerous stereotypes. There's like one scene apparently where Maddie Ziegler's character is like having to be physically restrained. And like, yeah, it's like, yeah, oh no, like you're just showing us how not to to treat people in our society and calling it right. art? Question mark. And then getting mad when people, like the people that you're trying to help, darling dear, are like, actually, this isn't helpful. Actually, did you talk to anyone about this? <laughs> actually, like, if if you're the great good that you're trying to do on our behalf, mother, it's not. It's not what we want. It's not what is wanted. Wait, imagine trying to help anyone, anyone about anything. Girl. Trying to help anyone and never talking to them about what they needed. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, unfortunately, it's what people do all the time. <laughs> oh. But it's very that, um, I do you follow Erica Hart on Instagram? No. Who is this? She is, uh, I think, at iHeartErica, H A R T. E-R-I-C-K-A. Um, I'm going to look that up to make sure that that's right. You better spell. That was absolutely correct. Okay. So, uh, absolutely put some respect on my name, put some respect on their name. But Erica <laughs> Hart and <laughs> and their partner, Ebony, um, Erica is a sex educator um, and puts out, out a lot of, she and her partner put out a lot of content on Instagram um, that I've been finding to push me further yeah. um, in my understanding of things. They actually just did in throughout February, they did this series that was um, black people explaining black history, which I told totally, them they did one every day, had a different person come on and explain, talk about Harlem Renaissance, talk about love, talk about, you know, all these things about, about black history. That's what I um, need. So I would absolutely recommend that. But 
And they tend to be a little more, what's the word? I don't know. They push the establishment more than I think that I do. Mm -hmm. And so it has been a great follow for me to be like, you know, to see something that I wouldn't automatically like agree with yeah. and be like, now what's that about? And you know, they're explaining it. They, they're taking the time to explain it. So I'm like, work, this is great. Anyway, um, one of the things that Erica says all the time is like, uh, is about nonprofits who are, are doing work. What is the, what is your plan such that you no longer exist? Right. Like, what is your plan such that the people who currently rely on you do not have to rely on you anymore? Um, and they say that when they meet with organizations sometimes, that when she says that in that opening, like, as part of, okay, I'm going to work with you all, or I'm going to do this workshop with you or whatever, but, like, before we do that, I want to know, and this is one of the things that she asked them about, um, and organizations will stop talking to them. What? Like, will after that be like, uh, never mind, maybe this isn't a good fit. And I think that that's, like, I, I, that just is what that reminded me of. Mm. As, like, oh, I'm going to help people, but not actually talk to them or not actually figure out how to right. get them to be able to sustain themselves or how do we get rid of the thing that puts people in this position where they need this kind of help or whatever. It's like, great. particularly around um, folks experiencing homelessness, yeah. but also just, you know, in general. Like, how do, of course, okay, how do we, how are we helping people experiencing homelessness such that they don't need this same, so that they're no longer experiencing homelessness, right? right. Um, but also, you know, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to make this big thing that's going to be a representation for people with autism in film, but not actually talk to any people with autism. Like, what are you up to? Mother. Mother. So... Big disappointment from Miss Sia. Oh. Better go back underneath that wig. <laughs> Look, I can't, I just can't even, I don't know. I have not decided for my own self what to do with that moment. <laughs> like how to interact with Sia yeah. now, you know? Yeah, I know. Um, I really do know. Um, any other moments for the world? Oh. I have a couple. Oh, okay. Well, then you just better start firing. Okay. Well, so here's... I know that you and I have kiki-keyed about this song, but I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast, but Good Days by SZA is <laughs> oh amazing. God. Yeah. Wait, this is absolutely the moment. Yeah. So yeah. Th when did this come out? Like, December. in the fall, right? Yeah, a while ago. Something like that, um, yeah. But the video just dropped this week. Um, and the video is amazing. It's gorgeous. It's stunning. So this is amazing. But in part of it, she is dancing on, she's doing pole choreography. And the pole choreographer for the video is Miss Cami Arbelez, who is a friend of ours. Um, <laughs> you better and claim. And also just, uh, I, number one, friend of ours. Number two, just passed 100,000 followers on Instagram this week. You better work, Cami. <laughs> she's uh, a queen. She's really out here living... She's been quite inspirational to me over the past year, yes. honestly. She's yes. she's walking in her light. She's living her dream. She's getting after her creative fantasy. Yeah. And thank you for that inspiration, honestly, because that's what I need, Cammy. Yeah. Thank you to Cammy. Um and so she posted something the other day about like 
there are these prints that someone made of her, like inspired by her image. Yeah. And she was like, if I made this into a print, would people buy it? And I'm like, girl, yes. <laughs> Yesterday I would buy it. <laughs> yes. And I'd get the shower curtain <laughs> and I'd get the wallpaper and I'd get the phone case. I'd get the bumper sticker. I'd get literally all of it. Wow. It's the bumper sticker for me. <laughs> okay. Bump her sticker. Bump her sticker. Very good. Yeah. Absolute shout out. Also, the video is just amazing. It's stunning. It's also it's SZA, like Tammy and SZA. <laughs> <laughs> what a collaboration. One that I didn't even know I needed, but I want desperately to continue for yeah. all time. For sure. Um, wow, so go follow Cammy. Go watch this video. Yeah. Go listen to Good Days. Good Days is about to be like the spring moment. It was. I kind. I kind of feel like I missed the wave. As in, like I had my moment in it when it came out. Came out, and now yeah. that it's like gained, you know, more traction. I'm like, oh no, I already had my Good Days moment. Everybody else, oh. I want to have it with you, but I had a Good Days moment, and I'm about to have another one. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Today is actually a good day. <laughs> Today's a good day. Wow. And uh, we love a good day. <laughs> <laughs> Can't you feel the brand Oh my god, brand work. new day? The good new day? Brand the brand new good day. Thank you. <laughs> Thanking you. Uh. Thanking who? <laughs> Goodbye. Um okay, also, now you know that my celebrity crush these days and for the foreseeable future, is Lil Nas X. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say somebody terrible. No. Redacted. Yeah, truly. <laughs> He's yeah. over. That's in the past. Thank you. That's very early 2020, very beginning of the pandemic. So and that far. Has to be in the past. So long ago. So far ago. <laughs> Deep in the past. Um, Lil Nas X. So, uh, are, now, are you familiar with Takashi 69 No. Okay, 6ix9ine is this rapper who uh, simply, there are all of these bad things that we know about Takashi. Oh no. Such as sexual assault, uh, allegations and accusations. I think actually he has been found guilty of some of them, so not that anybody's suing us on this damn podcast, but um, he is an abuser, an assailant. Um, just, it's like, please go somewhere. And everyone who is listening to 6ix9ine, stop. Because the music isn't good. And go listen to somebody else. So I don't understand why this person is still relevant. Um, go listen to Good Days. Like we said, today is literally, a good day. If you're listening to Takashi 6ix9ine, stop and go listen to Good Days <laughs> instead. In fact, go watch the video. Give it another view. Go follow Cami on Instagram. There's a whole list of things you can do instead of 6ix9ine. Anyway. Ooh. Um, so, wah, so, wah, there's this, there was some post about, like, COVID tests in China that we're doing the anal option. Okay. Now, are you familiar with the anal option (laughs) on the COVID test? (laughs) I I can't answer that. (laughs) Okay. Um, and 6ix9ine comments on this little thing, on this little Instagram post, and is like, Lil Nas X entered the chat. Because, darling dear, the homophobia jumped out. Whoa. <laughs> no. Right. But no, ma'am. <laughs> but no, ma'am. But, uh, but no, ma'am. <laughs> um, now, you'd think that would be enough for a story. 
But here's more. Oof. Lil Nas X makes this TikTok where first he shows <laughs> the Takashi comment and then shows a screenshot of Takashi sliding into his DMs. Up to, upside down smile emoji, heart emoji, I'm going to be in your city and all. What are you up to? Like, girl. <laughs> Look, you know what? Why are people out here trying to play with us? Because they're fools. Truly. They're fools. <laughs> that people is so are funny. Fools. Isn't that so like funny? Like you didn't know. That he had receipts. Like, like, <laughs> like what were you, what were you think? Like, you're so stupid. Like, what Woof. are you so stupid for? Bark. <laughs> it is so, and then of course, 6ix9ine tries to, he made this little video of him like pulling up Lil Nas X's Instagram and showing the messages. And he's like, there are no messages here. And it's like, girl, we all know that you can unsend messages on Instagram. <laughs> so, so what? <laughs> So what are you trying to say? Nothing. <laughs> Literally nothing. Here's the proof that you're covering up. Okay, thank you. <laughs> right. It's like, girl, he already, it's over. Like, <laughs> it's over. <laughs> Talk about entered the chat. <laughs> Show you somebody entering the chat. Who was literally chat. entering the chat? Uh, no. Who was entering whose chat? <laughs> whose chat? Who's chat? Now, I want to know who else is in Lil Nas X's DMs. You are. I know that. I am. Yeah. I'm one of them. Yeah, absolutely. I did not know I was in such poor company. (laughs) Yeah. Well, (laughs) I don't know. I can't imagine that. I can't imagine about that. I'm just saying it's, uh, there are, we know the queer people are out there, and we know they're not telling us. Well, you know what I mean. Well, uh, just the idea of him just trying to stir up drama, right? When what you should have done is kept your mouth shut. <laughs> well, and it's like, look, I know you wanted to get his attention, but that was not the way. <laughs> no. Girl, superstition ain't the way. Hmm. Wow, too many moments for the world, honestly. I need it too to many. be a bit oh, less I momentous. Have, I before don't speak too soon, huh? darling dear. Huh? Because I actually have one additional moment. Give it to me. Give oh, it to it's me. exciting. Um okay, this will go out on the 11th. It's March 11th, the first day that this releases. Uh, which means that this weekend, we've talked about this briefly deep in the past, but <laughs> This weekend, there is a workshop of the show that I wrote with Noah, who was on the podcast in the past. Um, It's happening. It's live streaming. We're doing it here at Exeter uh, with two different casts. There's a show on Friday at 7, Saturday at 1, Saturday at 7, and Sunday at 1. And it's all live stream. It's all free. So we'll put the information up on, on our Instagram and on my Instagram. But... It's happening. We're doing it. It's coming together. It's oh crazy. My gosh. I'm so excited. I for anyone out here who is, doesn't know that this show is brilliant, it is. Uh, <laughs> who doesn't know that this show is necessary, required viewing, and also reading? Well, it is. I'm telling you right here, right now. 
So just as Jerome said, the links are actually down below and you actually must go click on them. Yes. I'm so excited. Uh, I'm so Me excited. too. Uh, the kids are like good. Who are kids? They're talented. And, and you know I love sets. talent. You've got music. You've got oh, lights. Girl, you've got the cameras. set, the lights, there's costuming. I mean, Kenyon, you were in the original reading of this when it literally was like <laughs> Noah and I and the help of some very dear, delightful friends. Truly. Um, we're really just throwing something together. The fact that now, like, there's a lighting designer, there's a set designer, there's a whole crew. It's like, I don't have to, like, make sure that everything has, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's great. It's very exciting. It's very great. I'm very excited for people to see it. That's so cool. And it's so cool that you're getting to, like, share the pro. Like, the project has yeah. gotten bigger than you, you know? Like, you are yeah. not doing all of this stuff now with just Noah. Yeah. Um, and that's that's just, I don't know. I think it's such a cool feeling. <laughs> it's very cool. So I would love, if you're listening to this, I would love it if you would watch it. It's about 90 minutes. I think that it'll be available afterward. Uh, but if you, you know, it may not be. Block yeah, off that time through. on your calendar. We're in the contracts, Henny. Um, so, but, you know, all that. It's like 90 minutes. What are you doing for 90 minutes? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I'm scared to actually ask myself that question. Um, wow. Okay, thank you for closing us off on that moment of the world for <laughs> it's a the world. Better note to, to leave off on. True. Um, Kenan, I well, here's the thing. I actually do want to know how you spend 90 minutes. Um, like, what? Are, how are you? What do you get up to? Well, uh, honestly, <laughs> <laughs> yesterday I spent way more than 90 minutes watercoloring. Okay, um, work. Very His good. Art. Um. Yeah, they're just so much fun. I like long months and months ago, I was out mm -hmm. for a walk and I passed by this art store and I said, you know what, Kenyon, go buy yourself something. I bought myself some watercolors <laughs> and some watercolor postcards and then didn't do anything with them. Uh, no. no, no, no. Um, but the time surely has come. And now, yeah, we're just doing a little watercoloring out in the sunshine. Okay, so when you, are you like, are you doing landscapes? Are you doing some abstraction? <laughs> what we does she paint? Live for abstraction <laughs> because <laughs> because I can't paint anything that looks real. Um, <laughs> but it's just, just colors. Also, are good. I'm I've heard of like them. Color shapes these days. I don't know. Okay. I'll show you. Here's another one of them. They're so, I just love this look. You know what I mean? <laughs> I realize like I that love, no one else can see them as this is a podcast. And I'm doing nothing <laughs> to describe it other than that I love it. Okay, I'm going to put it up. I'm going to describe it. Ooh, it's so pretty. Okay. There's a big dinosaur. <laughs> it's destroying the city. No, it's giving me blue. It's giving me, um, it's giving me horizontal. This still isn't describing anything. Uh, it's like... Uh, I, it's giving shape, it's giving color, it is giving abstraction. I'm seeing lines <laughs> laterally. It's it's a hot dog as opposed to a hamburger. You remember that when Work. you fold your paper? Thank um, you, first grade. Yes. We'll put some of these up on the on the Instagram. Here's one it's that a, has more for you to describe, maybe. 
Ooh, okay. So I'm seeing vertical pink. Uh, some are stripes, some are thin, some are wavy. I'm also seeing <laughs> down the center, there's some, I would say, turquoise, large circles in a stack. On the left side, we've got like a zigzag of a similar turquoise-ish color. And on the right, we've got what appears as almost a uh, a a body figure almost, but there's a hole in the center and on one side oh, it's wow. serving... Well, it's serving ketchup and the other side is serving mustard. I'll tell you that. <laughs> and then in the background, you're we're getting that like it looks like a modern take on on that eighties, uh, you know, styrofoam cup. Uh, I cannot believe you just called uh, this. That's what it looks like. What is that design called? Jazz. Yeah, whatever it is, <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. I know exactly, and what that's exactly what about. it looks like. Oh my gosh. Um, I think that literally is called the jazz pattern. Yes. Girl, and I literally know how you jazz. feel about jazz. First of all, I think we need to now make a whole segment, a regular segment of you just <laughs> describing visual things on a podcast, because that okay. was everything. You said Great. ketchup we'll and also mustard. <laughs> um, well, a little hungry. <laughs> but the real thing is jazz. And not the music, mm-hmm. but the design. How do, how is it that we both know what that is? Everyone knows what that is. I know, but like, how is something? How is the design of a solo cup that iconic? That makes no sense. Well, Dixie did what it had to do. Dixie said, "I hear the call, and I will answer it." <laughs> and she did. Okay, okay, Miss Dixie. Um, wh- what do you get out of? Not what do you get out of? <laughs> What's it do for you? What's it good for? Um, how do you feel when you watercolor? This feels like meditative. Very that. Um, and it's also just like, watercolors are so forgiving. Like, uh-huh. you could put water on the page and just move the paint around. like, Or Work. like take a paper towel and like just be like, no, I didn't want that. And like erase. erase, erase. erase. Um, and in that way, it feels like you can make a bunch of mistakes because it doesn't matter. And that is like, that just takes the pressure off. It's like, oh, let's just experiment. What happens if I, what happens if I, yeah. Um, and I love that. It feels like one big, like extended, like, well, this is an interesting impulse. Let me just follow this. And it's led me here. Now it looks like this. So let's just follow that some more. And yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Does it feel like you're painting like, like, do you go into it with, like, like I want to represent how I'm feeling right now, or I want to rep- I or I want to work with this color? Like, what do you, what's the motive? What's the MO? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I literally don't know how much I've, so little thinking goes into it. Yeah. Which is, I think, like, part of the good part is, like, you show up and it's, not a huge canvas. These are literally postcard size. So it's like, you know, it, it just everything feels so easy to be like, you just do something and it'll be fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think I've like, a lot of stuff that I've done, I've been like, like pretty like blocky um, geometric color things. Um, sure. And it's honestly reminding me of the stuff I used to make when I was a little kid. Like wow. similar artistic, honestly. Um, 
like the similar artistic impulses are all still there to be like, here are these, I don't know, color masses. It's hard for me to talk about visual art because I feel like I have such an underdeveloped language about it. But at the same time, I feel like this is when I, when I'm with my students and I'm like, describe this thing that you're listening to. And they're like, I don't know how to do that. And I'm like, well, that's a word, you know, you've got to try, figure it out. What are the words? I feel I'm discovering that anew. And I love that place. It's a very good place. Yeah. Yeah. It just like turns off all of the right and wrong technique. The preconceived, all of that. And it's like, yeah, I made a blue square and I loved making it. So you're welcome. (laughs) That's fierce. It looks, I love art. To say that, I love having things to look at. I feel like I am so, the thing that, describes me the most now when I get stressed out is decision fatigue. Like I suffer from decision fatigue. I always, and I'm, I bring that up because I feel like something like watercoloring could feel really like cool and freeing. But I also worry that it would be like, God, I don't know. Like I have to choose another thing. I have to pick a color. I have to like do something. I don't know. I, it probably wouldn't feel that way, but like decision fatigue truly is like the thing that I'm always trying to escape from. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, I like, I don't see as many options visually as I do Mm. when I'm working on music. And so I get more fatigued musically when it's like, whoa, from this point where I'm working on this piece or whatever, like I could go in 50 directions when I'm like, I don't know, at least watercoloring these past week has been like, well, this is this is all I can see, so I'm going to try to do that. And then yeah. it becomes not what I saw in my mind, but it becomes something else, and it's like, oh, well, all I can see that goes with that is this other one thing. Yeah. Um, I feel like the hard decision for me is, like, when do you stop? Sure. Knowing that, like, like when do you figure out, like, oh, like, I've seen, I've seen all I can see. There's nothing more for this to add. There's no more added. Yeah. Um, I remember being a kid or like being in middle school and working on art and feeling like, and working on, you know, art that is abstract, art that is not like still life, right? Um, And feeling like, well, it's funny, feeling often like, like I was pretending to be an artist, like pretending like, and now I'm going to put a splash of red here because that's what an artist would do. You know, like yeah. just being like, and I'm just going to do it and and that's, it's going to be fun. I'm going to have a great time, whatever. And that, and I just say that's funny because now like that is what being an artist is, right? Like I think that at the time I was like, yeah, well, you know, to like be a true artist, you have to like, learn or you have to know or you have to have the talent or the yeah. the taste or the something inherent to you that tells you to do the right thing when truly as we all discover that everything is just pretending to be it and then one day everyone believes you <laughs> um but i always found like that where it fell short for me was in saying that something was done because mm. i was like i didn't really you know have anything dictating why i made any of these choices so, you know, I I don't know how to know if it's done. I guess I'll just say that it's done because I said that I would start, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah. There's some quote about 
you know, art is never finished but only abandoned. There's, there's something. Somebody said something mm. like that somewhere. Mm-hmm. Somebody fact checked me on that. Um, okay. But I'm feeling that these days. It's like you are not done. I walk away from you. You know. Ah. Like I. It's about. It's kind of about me. It's like, am I still coming to this thing with fresh energy? No. Then I have to walk away. Like, walk away. Yeah. Maybe I come back to it. Maybe it ends up being something later down the road. It maybe sure. it's truly not finished. But right now, it is not for me. Well, like doing it as as practice as opposed to doing it to like create a thing, to create a masterpiece. Right. Right. Uh. How did that like get so twisted? You know, capitalism. Oh, thank you. Right. Mm-hmm. Next. Any other <laughs> questions? <laughs> yeah, I think that, I mean, it's the thing that um, I was listening to Roxanne Gay, an interview with Roxanne Gay, and someone was asking her, like, she just did this masterclass on writing, mm. um, writing for social social movements, I think, is what it's called. Um, but someone was asking her about you know, how do you not get fatigued or, you know, once writing becomes the thing that you make money off of, like all these writers talk about how that ruins everything. And so what do you do? And she was talking in this realm about like, well, write for something that you don't, that is not related to your income. Like work on a project that like no one is waiting for a deadline on, you know, just write. Um, and get back to writing as like a thing that you did and that you enjoyed and that like did something good for you as opposed to writing to create a final product that, and you know what they do with products, they sell them. Consumption, sumption. What is your function? What's your function? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Are we, are we uh, reinvigorating our schoolhouse rock rock project? Oh goodness. I think yes. I think we well, we didn't that. write a Sesame Street song last week, but eh. maybe we should get into Schoolhouse Rock. My binary was almost going to be Schoolhouse Rock versus Sesame Street. That's you. so difficult. Don't even ask me that. I have to reveal something, which is that I, I mean, I've said this before. I was never really the Schoolhouse Rock kid. I feel like I it's more niche. Sesame Street kid. You know, like that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. But it's like, Schoolhouse Rock just had such good music. There was a, the songs. I know, but I never even heard that Verb song until you showed it to me. Missing out, missing out. Whereas the Sesame Street songs, I know up and down, backwards and forwards. Are we talking about Sesame Street again? Um, <laughs> Rubber Ducky? And I listen to that jazz at Lincoln Center Rubber Ducky all the time. <laughs> Does Facebook show you that ad? Because Facebook be showing me that ad all the time, and I'm like, yeah, I'll watch this again. Every time I will I cannot believe that I know what you're talking about. (laughs) Yes. It's amazing. The song is so good. Uh, There are a lot of good songs in both, I will say. I will say. I'll admit it. Uh Uh-huh. Do I have to choose? Binaries are dumb. <laughs> no, you don't have to choose. Thanks. Oh goodness. <laughs> um, what are where are you these days? We've gone on on my watercoloring tangent. Um, how are how are your ninety minutes being filled? Um, 
Well, I now I'm thinking about decision fatigue. Oh. And I think that I often am like trying to go for I'm trying to do things that don't require me to like make decisions. And I think that's why I always am playing those freaking games on my phone. Is <laughs> because it's like I know how to do it. Mm. Like I know how to, and it's not making a decision. It's just like doing an exercise, like doing an activity without having to be like, without having to actually choose anything, right? Mm. Like I'm completing tasks, but not with any actual like free will of, uh, of possibility or choice or whatever. It's just like, okay, I'm like chugging along at this thing. You know, it also is that I've been getting very into the New York Times crossword. Mm-hmm. I've done it every day, almost this whole year, almost this whole calendar year. Whoa, I didn't know um, that. I know. I like do the crossword every day. Okay. I know. Uh, she's really coming along into something. <laughs> um, and now I'm like into crossword culture. Oh goodness, what's that like? Um. Well, I let me take a step back. I'm not really into crossword culture because mm, it's a whole it's a whole thing. Okay, <laughs> I'm dipping my toe. But I I'll do the crossword every day. And then I'll read, there's this guy, Rex Parker. I think that's not actually his name, but he's like a blogger. Mm. And he does the crossword every day from the New York Times and from like, you know, six other places or whatever. Like he's a crossword person. And he'll do the New York Times every day and then like write a blog post about it. Mm. Um, And I read that every day. And sometimes I like read through the comments and see what people think. Like I've come to like... I never really thought wow. that crosswords were a thing you could like have an opinion on. What as in I thought that it was just like either you you can do it or you can't, and then it's like okay, you did it or you didn't. Um, like it was easy or it was hard, but there's a lot of like oh, this clue wasn't very good, or like the theme of this puzzle wasn't very well put together, wow. or like this cr- puzzle has a lot of like crosswordies, which is like not actual good clues, just like weird words that are actually just convenient assortments of letters. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes me want to like, maybe not me, that makes me want to ask <laughs> you to design your own crossword. Okay, I've been thinking about it. Um, I've been thinking, I might. I don't know why I haven't. I've been thinking about it all year because it's all, I've been watching videos of people who make them and how to make them and whatever. And it's like, I mean, I'm sure it's very hard to make like a good one. Um, or like, you know, there are lots of different like tricks or whatever, but like, I'm sure I could do it. I'm sure I could start. Why not? Do one. I know, but that's the op. like. Then you have to start that making choices. is decision <laughs> fatigue. Like that's the epitome of decision fatigue as opposed to like, okay, well, there are all of these right answers that exist and let me just figure out what they are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I do want to make my own crossword. I should like make one that's like... About me. <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> uh, we should we should do a crossword for every podcast episode. Oh my it's god. It's like bingo crossword, you know? Yeah. Like you listen along yeah. and then you find the word. And then you do the crossword. That's a good idea. You gotta who's gonna get on that? Anybody? <laughs> okay. Um I've just been feeling a lot of decision fatigue. Yeah. 
when are there are there ways that you're finding to come out of it or when are you finding that you slip into it tell me more well what's tough is that the things that i like really enjoy doing like like teaching and like uh, you know running a rehearsal and running a class and that kind of stuff like really inspires the fatigue in me mm. um in a way that's kind of like, oh, like I, I wish I didn't, not dread, but like I wish I'd, I wish this didn't make me tired in this way. Yeah. Right. But it's the thing of like, okay, we have, you know, four more rehearsals until the show. And what are we going to do when? And who's going to be called? And what? And we don't have quite enough time to do all the things. And so we have to add an extra rehearsal. And so when's the extra rehearsal going to be? And how are we going to say that we're adding it? You know, it's like, yeah. Everything is a whole uh, Pandora's box of, uh, well, if if we do this, then that opens up, you know, four other things to think about. And each of those opens up six other things to think about. Um, which is why, in part, I'm really grateful for all these people who I can be like, okay, no, you, hand, like, you handle that. Right. And they're on that. Like, I'm working with a great team, which is great. Um but there's that kind of thing. And then, you know, I get to the end of the day and it's like, oh, I have to go to the grocery store to like eat food. And it's like, absolutely not. I will not do that. Yeah. And I, I feel like you brought up something that is just so true. One is the delegation thing. Like, I feel like that's a very good uh -huh. way of like dealing with that. But also, I feel like decisions become a lot easier even when I'm the person who has to make them when I can like, talk about them with somebody else or, mm -hmm. you know, carry out whatever I decide with somebody else. Um, mm -hmm. And like, I feel like it's a side effect of all of the isolation of this year where it's like, yeah, absolutely. Oh, you mean I have to be alone and make all these choices alone and then carry right. them out alone. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing more. <laughs> and as well as like, there is kind of a, and I don't know how much of this is just my head. I don't know how much of this is where I work. I don't know how much of this is like these spaces that I've been a part of for so long, um, like Sidwell and Yale and Exeter. But like the idea of like, well, everyone's doing their thing. Mm. So like for me to be like, hey, can you just talk through this thing with me? Is like, like, yeah, well, everyone has stuff that they have to talk about and everyone has stuff that they need to be doing. And, like, let me not, you know, use up someone else's precious time with my little, like, blah, blah, blah. But it's an important blah, blah, blah. I love it your blah, blah, blah. And you know me. <laughs> it's why we have a damn podcast. Because <laughs> Truly. I need to just yap, yap, yap to figure things out. Like, I won't figure something out by myself. I have to do it if I'm talking to someone else. <laughs> that's such a real way of experiencing the world though I don't know I feel like that's it's so good it's truly anything from like <laughs> like you know this kind of decision stuff like okay how am I going to do this and teach this class and run this rehearsal whatever like let's talk it out or like I mean truly the number of times I've been like how do I feel about this boy goodness well let me go talk to someone about it for 40 minutes <laughs> me <laughs> At 2 a.m. Receiving someone a call from you. <laughs> Not 2 a.m. Um, Could have said 3. Uh, 
No. <laughs> I will not stand for this. I Yeah, I'm like realizing this that this is a thing that I truly need and that isolation is really really cuts it out of the life. Mhm. And then I feel like once I don't know, there's a lot of freedom that happens at least for me when I'm like when I admit finally admit to myself like, "Oh, I'm this kind of person right now and I need these things right now." Yeah. And it's like, okay, well then I have a way to structure. I can like, I can attack this problem now that I know what it is. And it's like, yeah. I feel like I'm hearing some of that come through from from what you're saying of like, okay, well, if this is what I know I need, then let me figure out some ways to be in contact with people. Right. I think it just is so like, I don't know, socially antithetical to like you know the big american like individualism thing yeah like there is a something somewhere in my brain that's like figure it out yourself stop asking for help stop you know stop relying on other people whatever which like you know for a person who does nothing all day but critique that like certainly there is a lot of it stuck in this old brain of mine (laughs) it's wild to hear you say that because i feel like I look at you as someone who does that pretty well. Maybe mm. just in comparison to myself. <laughs> well, um, it's, you know, we're all stuck up here in our own brains. <laughs> goodness. Yeah. Cut that out. Were we talking about that at some point? About like, like that you'll never, you know what I'm talking about? Like that you'll never, like, the the thought always has to come from someone else's brain and then be communicated in some way for you to get into your brain. You know what I mean? Yeah, the like, the passage. <laughs> yeah. Like there's always going to be something lost between, or something altered or something changed between like the idea as I have it to the way that I say it to the way that you hear it to the way that then your brain like processes and remembers that. Yeah. Um. That's opening up this whole conversation that I've been been having with myself and some friends about like artistic intent and like uh-huh. how important is that? How like okay, I have this idea that I would like to communicate to you, but like right this <laughs> this channel that I will communicate it through is imperfect. Like stuff will yeah. get lost, changed, twisted, turned, and yeah. I don't know. Like, is how important isn't is it really for the same thing? How important is it really for what's in my brain to be what's in your brain? Yeah. Like, I mean, that's a question. That is the thing. And also, like, how I feel like we put all this premium on people who are able to do it really well, as in people who are able to like make you feel the thing really well, mm. but how much premium do we put on like being able to receive things really well? Ugh. Like that's a totally different skill. Ugh. That's a great question to just carry. Like, am I receiving? You yeah. Know, like how open am I and to what and to whom and when? How do I work on that for myself? Yeah. Somehow this makes me think of of Sia again. 
Oh, gosh, not Sia. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But you're right. But it's like sometimes, I don't know. Like, yeah, are you receiving or are you just taking up space? Like, just taking up space in the name of creation, in the name of creativity. But, like, right. how much is that a dialogue versus just, like, you just doing what you want and calling it you helping people? Right. <laughs> as well as like I just say I so much of the individualism I mean particularly working as like a music educator particularly working as a music educator in a space that like is very steeped in you know western art music that a thing that is very signature to western art music is this idea of like the single composer right like the like and this whole thing came from this one person's brain right let's spend a lot of time thinking about and praising you know mozart's brain for coming up with all of this stuff which is also like a myth like that's not even how which is a myth like mozart was like a composer but also played some of his stuff performer but also conducted some of his stuff conductor and now we're trying to say that those three things are different roles and right it's like that's not as well as like you know, where that doesn't even leave space for. I've been thinking about like sampling and remixing this week, and that like it certainly does not like part of the whole, oh, well, you know, part of the conception of sampling, like if you're using a sample or if you're using a melody that someone else wrote or whatever, that that is somehow less than mm-hmm. is like totally erases the fact that like all of these, you know, composers who we, exalt for having these big brains that they could do everything by themselves. Like we're borrowing from other people all the time. And that, that was the point. Borrowing like, whole the point was like, like whole song forms. Yeah. It was like, this is the form that this song will take. I don't have to think about that. It's laid out for me. Yeah. Borrowing a melody. And that the point was like, the audience could be like, Oh yeah, I remember that melody. Like now I'm thinking about that other thing and see, thinking about how it relates to this. Anyway, there's so much that has been, been it, it just that's such an arbitrary choice mm. like you, there are so many musical traditions that do not that who wrote the song has nothing to do with enjoying it or whether it's good or or how it exists yeah. like so to, just i've been thinking about that as well as the myth of like, oh, well, this music, this person's music, the music that they wrote is so good that everyone gets it. <laughs> that like that everyone is so exclusive. Music, the universal language. <laughs> exactly. Oh, God, you know how I feel about that. I hate that. Music, the universal. Like, uh, I hate when people say that music is a universal language because it's not. We all think like maybe they're saying that sound is universal, which is not because not everyone experiences sound in the same way. So it's like, none of this is like, (laughs) which is not to obviously like, I think music is great. I think many, many people enjoy it, but just to say, oh, well, you know, there is something inherent to music that like everyone understands in the same way is wrong. There's nothing about music that everyone understands in the same way. That's the point. And the idea of, this gets back to what I'm, Trying what I'm thinking about, which is that like, oh well, Bach is so amazing because everyone can listen to Bach and appreciate it, is wrong. That's false, and that's okay. Like that doesn't mean that Bach is bad. Um, 
But like not everyone is in the same place to be able to receive it and understand it and listen to it in the same way, which is just fine. Like that is literally okay. But it also means that the people who are like, well, Bach is the thing that everyone can listen to. There's other stuff that they listen to and don't receive. Like there's other stuff that they listen to and don't get or don't enjoy or don't comprehend. And that's okay too, but it's like, let's stop sitting around and saying that there's going to be some song that everyone's going to love because it, there isn't. Right. And I think, you know, that phrase, while well, I disagree with it too, like I think music does do a good job of communicating across some divides that, you know, just the English language, for one example, sure. doesn't do a great job of communicating across. Sure. That being said, calling it the universal language, like what about dance? What about visual art? What about all, yeah. there are all kinds of languages of, right. of the body. That extend beyond that. And it's like. Beyond language. Beyond, exactly. You know, beyond words. Barriers. Um, and it's like if yeah, time. we. Okay, time. Okay, um, time. If we, you know, are exalting music as this universal language, we're missing out on, on the other languages that we actually also have to be fluent in in order to try yeah. to be communicating with people. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to, to say music is a universal language, but then to have some music that does not speak to everyone, girl, I guess they're not in your universe. Like, that's what you're saying. The supremacy. <laughs> you're literally saying this person does not exist. <laughs> that is supremacy. That literally, that's supremacy. Well, anyway, on that fun note. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, you have a binary? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have my binary. <laughs> are you ketchup or are you mustard? Girl, this actually is hard. <laughs> this actually is really hard for me um, because there was a time, this is, this is my journey with this question that when I was like a kid, I couldn't get into mustard. It was not for me. Mustard was gross. It was not for me. Ketchup, on the other hand, beautiful. Then there was a long time when it flipped. Ketchup was bad. It didn't taste good. It didn't add anything to anybody. Whereas mustard was giving you a whole depth of flavor. Wow. Like a hot dog with some mustard on it. Now that was really something. Um, but now I've really come back around on ketchup. Like, sometimes I really like the fry that's crisp and salty and uh, hot. Oh, that is so good. <laughs> now throw that in some ketchup. Girl. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Particularly like a ketchup-based sauce. Like, what's barbecue sauce but ketchup with some shit in it? And you can write that down and take it to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> this... Ode to ketchup that you're writing right now is goodness. It's sending me right away. I don't know that I can choose between ketchup and mustard. Well, you must. I might have. I I think I'm gonna go mustard. I do think I'm gonna do it. I like ketchup. I really do. But I think I have to go mustard. I feel it. I'm honestly right there with mustard. Yeah. I mean, it's just. Ketchup is nice, you know? <laughs> mustard is good. And nice actually is different than good. Okay, 
absolutely go off queen. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more with you on that one. Okay. Here's a binary for you, king. This is a binary between universal languages. <laughs> and you'll have to decide once and for all. <laughs> Music or dance. Oh, That's right, my I gosh. Said Music you or dance. are being evil. Now, does that make sense? No. I'll tell you this, it doesn't. <laughs> yes, in light of the entire conversation we had, this actually makes no sense. But I'll still choose. Uh-huh. Because it's a binary. Right. And this is what they force us to do. It's what they make us do. It's make no contract. sense. <laughs> um, look, as much... I talk a big game about music. I really do. Uh-huh. But it's the body for me. It's dance. It's the body for me. Like, yeah. Dance. Come on. <laughs> like, if you're not dancing, well, it's not music. And I do think that's true. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm thinking. I'm flying. I'm falling. Yeah, it's just like... I don't know. Dance feels like it is the link between like art and health seem like the most uh -huh. apparent there for me of like, yes, moving my body is good for me. Like expressing uh -huh. it through the body, however it feels that's healthy uh -huh. and that's dancing. Yeah. I mean, very chicken and egg. Talk about a chicken and an egg. Mm. Cluck, and that's cluck. all I'll say. Cluck, cluck on, gonna have to cluck on that one. Please, uh, please end it. We love that you love, we love that. This podcast is brought to you by Jerome, that's me, and Kenyon, that's him. With music by Sophia Campomore and art by Griffin Keller. Drop us a line at welovethatpodcast at gmail.com. Bye. What we talk about? I'm also thinking like we talked so much about not so much, but we talked about the decision. We talked about decision fatigue and didn't mention rest, girl. You know rest? No, I don't. <laughs> it's essential. I've never heard of her. It's a right. She and I are not friends these days. It's liberating, truly. Well, I'd like to be liberated. Get your rest practice on.